0: regular gum is boring but icebreakers ice cubes are different they're fancy icebreakers gum has flavor crystals which deliver a rush of cool refreshing flavor plus they are delightfully cube shaped making them soft and satisfying to chew icebreakers ice cubes gum Ooh, fancy pick up your favorite flavor today You're not just any coffee drinker. You're a Folgers coffee drinker. Because for over 170 years, Folgers has been serving up expertly crafted brews that are bold, never bougie. And now there's over 20 varieties to choose from. Damn good coffee roasted in New Orleans. Damn right, it's Folgers. Visit folgerscoffee.com/coffee to shop now.
1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. A roster that's now 5-7 and on the season, a roster that's starting to get back in the mix. Um, and so very much in the title of this podcast reflects that, you know, uh, can the Steelers basically get back to winning ways? Can they get to 500? Can they even go forward into the playoffs? And so uh, to kick off the show, I actually wanted to flip back to the game this weekend non b t s e podcast of all things, but more of vodcast or vlog um or video or film session, whatever you want to call it um but big Ben had his football and podcast, and he watched the game live with just um james Harrison sorry um and James Harrison like it was an incredible sort of take that he had on you know Mike Tomlin and Tomlinisms and um what it was like to you know be coached under Bill Belichick getting his thoughts on players, like he's a big fan of Najee. Um Ben was telling him about how much he would have loved Free and and how Free old school and similar to um to Heath Miller. And then he was talking and they were talking about um, TJ and some of the skills and how and he reckoned that he'd suggested um TJ move to the left side and they were talking about different pass rush moves um and, and all these sorts of things. It was just such an interesting and, and fascinating um talk that they had with each other, there was the banter. you could see the respect from a guy like James Harrison had for big Ben, given like how tough a player big Ben was and so it was just kind of a really interesting to to see that from James Harrison and I felt that it's very different to the football life show they did on him a season or two ago now, um where he was definitely a bit more i felt he was owning that sort of tough exterior, that tough personality, whereas this he opened up a bit and it was, it was really interesting and very thoughtful about things. Um, not that I didn't think that was the case, but I, I just think that you, you got a, I feel like you got a kind of a new appreci- appreciation for him almost. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting. Some of the things that they covered off, um, you know, talking about how they even came back in that game, talking about the difference between, um, Dick LeBeau defense and what he was doing in, in other roles. Um, that, that the sort of license that the linebackers got, you definitely can understand the job that Keith Butler was doing. Um, but also if you, if you, if you're a listener that catches, Steelers touchdown under that I do each week with Marky D whether that's live or on the audio side you'll know that I have been a bit critical and I feel like um, of of Terrell Austin and I also think that he flies under the radar with all the issues we've had with Matt Canada this year you don't get the same feeling of the Terrell Austin defense and I and I've said before and or I've, I've framed this argument around well yeah he's not a lineback coach he's more of the secondary coach but Dick LeBeau's defenses still did incredible things. Um, and so I think, and obviously, like, you know, Terry Lostman's known Dick LeBeau. Um, Dick LeBeau had an awesome playing career as well. I think he's still in the top all time leaders, um, for interceptions as well. I think that's something like 67. Um, this is all off the top of my head, by the way. Uh, so I, you just kind of, and you think about that team and the defense that they had and that Kenny doesn't have that whilst it's a good defense. They're definitely a few players off being an absolute top, top tier defense, particularly particular middle linebacker play. A lot of people are furious with the way Devin Bush played this weekend um, as well. So, you know, the, this team as it's rebuilding, and this is a rebuild right now to be five and seven and to be kind of back in the hunt um is pretty crazy. Um So really, Still, fans, you got to be excited. They're building, um, and and they've just got to do their job now. Um, so that that that's the reality. They got to do their job over the next few weeks. Um, they play obviously this weekend, Baltimore at home. Then they go away to Carolina. Then they have Las Vegas Raiders at home. Um, Christmas um, Eve for most people, be Christmas Day for me. All the way over here in Australia in the future. Um, so can't wait for that. The 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception, which turned the franchise around. Um, depending on, you know, who you talk to, um, but definitely that moment where everything changed for the Steelers. Um, and then you've got Baltimore away at their, at, at their home in Baltimore M and T Bank Stadium. And then they close out the season against Cleveland. So it's time to go on a run. Um, now, do they need to go win all five games? I, I'm not sure, but if they win this one. They get a lot closer to it. Um, they win this one and they've got a breather, um, against Baltimore at home in terms of they, you know, they give themselves a chance, um, to still make things if they can't win that game. But when we win this game? If they can go on at this four game winning streak before they have to play Baltimore again. Um, you know, that, you know, who knows? They could just pull off a nine and eight season. Whether they get you in the playoffs, it's hard to say. Um, but if you're going to knock out Baltimore, this is the thing about the division right now too with the Bengals, um, because they split that game, that helps them out. Um, and, and particularly with the Bengals, you I guess you've got to hope with their run down the stretch, they obviously just have to play Kansas City, whether they're going to be able to keep it up is a whole another ballgame. Because they've got Cleveland this week, um, then they have Tampa away, then they play New England at, um away as well, then they've got to go to they've got Buffalo at home, and then they've got Baltimore. So they've got a really tough three to four games um to close out the season. So they they have the flip side of it um from that perspective. So the Steelers have got a real chance there. Um, you know, Cincinnati go on a slide, a couple of key injuries, not getting Jamar Chase back when they expected. They could have a, they could have a real problem. And Baltimore, they're in a bit of a similar boat, but not quite because they haven't have to um go up to New England or play Buffalo. They have the Falcons. Uh they are Browns, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals. Um, so that last week could be really important. Um, but the Steelers went out here. Cincinnati cop a couple of losses. Um, Baltimore lose to the Steelers twice, uh, or certainly at least lose to the Steelers once and the Bengals. Steelers could be right in the mix here. Absolutely right in the mix. So it's pretty interesting to see how the season is going to close out. The other thing I, I, uh, thought was interesting is that I always have a quick look at next gen stats and I look to see if there's anything from the Steelers. And one thing I've sort of want to avoid um or some, one of the one of the things that I if you've got an experienced quarterback, the improbable completions, I think it's quite interesting to see them make something that they shouldn't have made or the receiver does something they should they should have done. I didn't want to see too much Kenny Pickett in there. The, um, once he got started through five games, because that means that he was making these ridiculous throws that were 50-50 balls, et cetera. He does have one to George Pickens. That was that 13 yard, um, reception, um, against New York, um, that we saw, which was incredible, um, for 13 yards. So that's the only one he's got. Now I'm really happy about that. That I think that's a really good thing for the Steelers. Um, remarkable. Incredible yak, which goes to a lot of tight ends, which kind of makes sense where they're in space and up against, um, you know, smaller backs. Pat Freemuth, um, he's fifty-seven yard um, TD reception for this week against Atlanta. Um, that was that was certainly um, the one that no, he didn't go for TD. That's a that's a lie with their stat. The um, fifty-seven yarder that that he had there, where he you know barnstormed over someone, kept running, kept the feet going. That is now sixteenth um most incredible yak yardage of the season, um, which is pretty cool. Uh so well done to Patty Freeremouth um from that sort of next gen stat um as well. So pretty exciting. Um I just I'm a massive Freemuth fan. A lot of people if you've been a long time listener know that I was as soon as the day two started and they there's a couple of picks through, um, once guys like Javon Holland were gone, a few other players you know, at least minimum of five picks before the Seals were picking. I was like, I think they're gonna pick Free Um, and I had a bet on it and I made a lot of money, so I was really happy <laughs> when they when they were able to do that. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting to look at this week is that the Seals have the cheapest offense in the league and the most expensive defense in the league. Um but when you look at the actual offense at the moment for the Steelers compared to the rest of the league, they're 24th in passing, which is probably pretty decent given the start that Mitch had and you've got a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Um, but they are actually top 20 now in rushing offense. Top 20. Um, they're 17th in the league. Uh, and they're literally behind New Orleans, who was 16 by like 20 yards. Uh so I think that's kind of incredible if you think about the Steelers over the last few years. They're 21st in touchdowns rushing. Past touchdowns, they're <laughs> 31st. They're tied for last with um, sort you know, with the Denver Broncos with eight. Uh, and we know people are throwing back Kenny Pickett not throwing, you know, enough touchdowns, et cetera. But I think it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, when you think about it from that perspective of like, they've got the cheapest offense in the league, but they're not the worst offense in the league by a long shot. The 24th in first downs, um, as well. So I think that that's, um, again, pretty good for where this where the Steelers are sitting um in terms of being able to rebound from this 5 and 7 and get to a positive record uh, i think that that's one of the key things they're also only one point um sorry they're only they're just over a point or a point 06 of a point um off what their offense was expected um to be this year um, in terms of points contributed by all offense um, based on statistical predictions. And so with pro football reference, it doesn't fully explain how they come to that number. But anyway, if you look at that expected, um, the points, they're about on par there. Um, and they're 24, so they're not bottom of the league. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. And hopefully that can continue to improve. Hopefully they can continue to move into the top 20 on passing offense and stay in the top 20 um, on, on on rushing offense as well. The other thing to close out part one, and then in part two we'll we'll talk about uh, all things um, rookies, particularly ahead. um, Is I had a look. I mean, it it sort of came to me after the Pickens sort of claim about not being used enough, and I had a look at overall receivers, um, and I thought, let's look at the Steelers' top three receivers, and but look, let's look at receivers in the league so far. Um, on the year and who's leaving. So Tyra Kill and Justin Jefferson are one and two with 1379 yards and 1277 yards, respectively. Juju, just so everyone knows, is 24th with 688 yards. Um, this is terms in overall yards. Uh, Paddy Friermuth is 35th overall uh, there with 597 yards. Dante Johnson is 44th with 565 yards. And George Pickens is fifty three. With 512 yards. So we've got three guys in the top 50, despite having only the 24 best, best, um, passing offense, uh, for just at least from a yardage perspective. Um, and then if you look at the 24, that's, that's in terms of the yardage perspective. If you look at receptions, um, Dante Johnson is 20th in the league now with 61 receptions. Pat Freemuth is, um, yes, yeah, said so number 20, 61 receptions. Patty Freemuth is 38 in the league with 50 receptions and George Pickens is all the way down at number 74 um, or 72, sorry, with 37 receptions, but he's tied with Nico Collins, Noah Fant uh, from that, from that perspective. So you can understand where there might be a little bit of frustration there. Um, I also thought it was interesting when you looked at first downs uh, because the Steelers really, they weren't in, they had no one in the top 20. Um, no one in the top, we only just had two guys in the top 40 with Deontay 39, Pat Fremuth, 40, um, George Pickens 52nd. Now, Chase Claypool is in some of these lists, obviously, as a receiver, um, makes the top 100, I think, across all three categories. Um, but obviously he's no longer with the Steelers, so no need to talk about him. Um, yes, I know I brought up, uh, Juju Smith Schuster, but I think that's quite interesting. He's top 25 kind of across the board. Um, but uh, so he's having a well, decent season as well. So, People have heard me say, Tushanda. Will the Steelers bring him back? Very open to it. Think they should. Um, I think he'd work really well with Kenny Pickett, give them another veteran in the room. People talk about getting like a Jordan Addison. I, I think you got to get younger at so many other positions. With that, we're going to take a break on Steel's Warren Jump for part two. Going you know, to look at all the rookies in the season so far for the Steelers, especially coming out of the game. A couple of rookies had big games for the Steelers. One rookie made his way back into the team, and then we'll talk about Baltimore, who had a pretty epic um, draft this year with a number of draft picks, a number of big names, and, and look at how those guys are going as well.
0: Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, 8 to 9 headache days a month versus 6 to 7 for placebo. myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications including botulinum toxins as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. Regular gum is boring but Icebreaker's ice cubes are different. They're fancy. Icebreaker's gum has flavor crystals which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped making them soft and satisfying to chew icebreakers ice cubes gum ooh fancy pick up your favorite flavor today
1: And we're back on Steelers War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of the front office, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin. I know he's not in the front office, but he is the head coach. But Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, um, and, and anyone else left in that front office is they able to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond a roster that is five and seven on the season. I've enjoyed saying four and seven. I'm enjoying, today I'm enjoying saying five and seven and hopefully next week I'll be enjoying saying six and seven. Um, so the first rookie that we're going to look at made his way back into the lineup. The third round um, pick for the Steelers and was a fourth overall Memory serves me correctly. Number 98 played 13 defense percent of the defensive snaps with 7 in last week's game against the Falcons 16% of special team snaps easing his way back in no real statistical output to talk about there um he did have on well, the season so far sorry he's got 9 tackles one tackle for a loss three pass defenses pass defenses are big on the on the defensive line he'll work his way in I still think he's having a decent season. He's played 25% of defensive snaps in games he's been available for, 12% of special team snaps. Um, looking forward to DeMarvin out this week. I think he'll be actually really important in depth and really important in terms of getting pressure for the Steelers against the Ravens this week. Um, so, yeah, excited for him to continue, hopefully stay healthy the rest of the season and help the Steelers uh, get that positive record um, and, and maybe even make the playoffs. Then we look at Jalen Warren. Uh, also, obviously, everyone was conscious about Najee Harris coming back. Um, and Najee, as a Big Ben likes to call him, Naj certainly had a big game, I think over 80 yards. Um, so that meant that Jalen Warren on the day was focused on his role about a little bit of short short passing game, blocking. He did have one rush for five yards. He rushed, He sort of had uh, two receptions off two targets for 14 yards as well. Uh, no TD. He played 20% of the offensive snaps. Not bad um when when nudge is having like a big game uh and twenty percent of the special team snaps the next player to look at would be very much very much one of the stories of the game. obviously they were back home in ironhead's old team um they visited his grave before the game, even though they Pittsburgh through and through obviously Ironhead um played for atlanta uh Cameron Hayward wore uh, his father's 34 jersey after the game, um, as well in the press conference. And for Connor Hayward, it was an incredible day for him. 17 yards, um, incredible one yard reception, uh, one yard, incredible only reception on the game for 17 yards that got him his first career touchdown. Uh, incredible from him Um, Incredible pass from Kenny Pickett observing the field, looking at the, it was was five wide, I think it was, it it was those five receivers in that set. He went down in the middle there um, and, you know, it was definitely the tough read. Obviously there was the missed um, one for Pat Freeman in the game. I don't know if that was exactly the same route, but it was very, very similar if it wasn't. Um, And so, you know, uh, Connor Haywood on the day played 22 offensive snaps, 20% of the offensive snaps with 14, 64% of the special team snaps with 16. Kenny Pickett talked him after the game about trying to get him originally not to commit to Michigan State, but to commit to um, Pittsburgh. Uh, imagine that. Imagine if they drafted Connor Haywood out of Pittsburgh. He'd gone to his father's um Alameda College, Alameda and then to be able to then go play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, it would really be an incredible journey. But he did his own journey. He he did play have a versatile career at Michigan State. We're seeing that now from number eighty-three in terms of the benefits that's giving him. Um, and so on the season overall right now, eight, eight receptions of nine targets. That's eighty-eight point nine percent catch rate. One TD, three first downs. Yards per game of only seven point eight. Uh, long on the season of 45 yards per target of 10.3, um, and and you know he's contributing And now. He's got his first touchdown. Um, you know he's not going to be in a, a Tony on Gon- Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates, but he is someone that can do the hard yards for the still for the Steelers. Do you know really work on um, doing the hard? You know the hard said the hard yards, being there for receptions, being that difference maker. I've said all season. Um particularly on touchdown that i every game I feel closer to when connor Haywood's going to make a a game changing play and that 's a game changing play when you win by three points um that's a game changing play when it 's the only touchdown on the day. The next player on the list is George Pickens now obviously we talked a little bit about where he's sitting from a receiving perspective. I think most of us can see that he's going to be a number one eventually. A lot of people you know can see that John Johnson's probably not the number one, and he probably didn't deserve to be paid and again, I feel vindicated because Mark and I talked a lot about on touchdown under earlier on in the season about it, or in the off season how I didn't think he was worth twenty plus million a year I didn't think he was worth st- based on his statistics more than fourteen um he did get paid a little bit more than that though uh but George Pickens one reception of two targets for two yards on the day fifty percent catch. Percentage, I mean, it's only two, one yard of an av- on average. He played 68% of the offensive snaps, 0% of special team snaps. Now, a lot of people are getting into the debate post-game. Should he have complained? Should he have not complained? Is he fair and complaining? Is he not? As long as you don't do anything that causes a penalty, as long as you don't do anything that is detrimental, as long as you don't lose focus and then drop a ball, you know, that you should have caught, like Deontay Johnson does, I don't deeply have an issue with him doing it, but you can't derail the emotion. There's a way to go about it. And I know Ken Haywood went and spoke to him. He's a rookie. He's a passionate guy. He's a young guy. Um, I'd rather see him, I was talking about this, than him getting cranky and like pushing someone over, particularly after he got ejected, you know, and then that was overturned at the end of the the Bengals game. So I, I just, I think that let's just let Pickens be Pickens. Let's understand that the guy's really young um, 21. He's not even 22 yet, not for another almost 100 days from the three months. He'll be 22 after the season finishes, very likely for the Steelers. Let's just let Pickens continue to mature in the way he needs to mature. And let's just really, you know, be grateful we've got a receiver with that much passion than someone like Deontay Johnson, who I feel is very, um, I don't know. I don't love his body language when he talks to the media when you see him in interviews. Uh, and I do think he's a bit more about himself, whereas George Pickens does make a difference to this team. And I do think um, that George Pickens well, is just, just a learning experience. It's a learning curve. He's a rookie, just like which is why we're talking about him, just like Kenneth Shane Pickett, Kenny Pickett, three, two 220 pounds, out of Pittsburgh, taken in the first round, 23rd overall. Everyone knows that. I'm just reiterating it. Completed 57% of his passes in this week's last game against Atlanta. The 16 um, passes completed from 28 attempts. 197 yards, almost broke 200 um, for the fourth time this season, almost. Um, one TD on the day. So he finally threw that TD. I thought he'd have two, um, you know, but the guys got to catch the ball in the red zone offense. It's got to fire. Quarterback rating ticks up. I know Jeff Hartman mentioned that in the post game, but it does. Um that you know with the ninety point nine, it's pretty good. Um and yards uh per attempt was seven point zero four, a lot better than Mitch Trubisky's early season fives, five yarders. Um so he, had, he also had seven rushes uh for 14 yards, that's an average of two. Um played on all the offensive snaps um as well. Right now in the season, he he's now got 65.2% completion rate on the season, not too bad. His quarterback record is four and four in the eight games he started. Um, he's completed 191 passes for 290 of 293 attempts, um, for 1797 yards, four TDs, eight interceptions, 91 first downs, long of 57 yards per game average of 199.7. So he's almost averaging the 200 yards, almost averaging it, which is pretty cool. Um, and so particularly because he started the you know the the Tampa game and couldn't finish that one out. Um he's been sacked 23 times for 154 yards. He's had one fourth quarter comeback and two game winning drives. Not bad in your four wins, not bad. So can Pickett, pick it? develops, he's starting to prove doubt is wrong. People are starting to get a bit more impressed with him um as well. On his he's had 73% of his throws on target, only 17% are considered what you call bad throws. He's had ten drops on the season. There have been some key drops for points in end zones or for third downs. So that's a three point six drop rate from his receivers. Um, pressure. He's been blitzed seventy seven times. He's had been hurried twenty one times. He's been hit twenty four times. Pressured sixty eight times, um, which is about twenty percent pressure rate. So really, people trying to you know really pressure Kenny Pickett into making a mistake um, as well. There play action. He has uh basically done uh 45 play action pass attempts for 200 yards rpo 15 attempts for 40 yards um passing four yards rushing um so yeah that kind of that kind of gives you a perspective of how they're using him in, in terms of that playing rushing on the season he's done 42 rushes rush attempts for 209 yards 17 first downs um as well and he has, why have they taken the TDs out of this? Her football reference sometimes when they do these are very funny, um, the way they put these together. Um, I thought he had four on the season so far. No, three, three, there it is, three. <laughs> With that, we're going to segue into the Baltimore Ravens rookies. Uh, they had a pretty incredible draft class. They had two first round picks. They had, five fourth-round picks, one second, one third. They didn't pick any later in the draft. Those guys include Jalen Armand-Davis in the fourth round, who's on IR, Demarion Williams, um, also Josh Ross is on IR, but he went undrafted. Demarion Williams, who we'll talk about, Jordan Stout, who we'll talk about, David Ajabo was their second-round pick. He's yet to play, so we won't go into... David Ajabo, from a stats perspective. Um, That's all you'll hear from me on him today. Um, Tyler Lindebaum, first round. Obviously, a lot of people knew about him. Isaiah Likely, the tight end in the fourth round. Some people thought he might go late second or in the third. He went in the fourth. They, he got, it's funny, they picked him after Charlie Kola, who was meant to be in like the fourth or the fifth. Kind of weird the way the draft went there. Um, They picked, Travis Jones, who was a big draft crush for me, um, eight spots before DeMarvin Liao. Kind of think they still would have picked, um, DeMarvin Liao in many ways now, but, um, different sort of player would have helped us. Um, but we do have him on Travis Adams. Other while he was coming back. If they really wanted him and they knew Baltimore were in, they could have gone up for him. If they didn't. I like what they ended up with anyway. They've got Kyle Hamilton, obviously very storied, um, coming out of the draft. And they've got my countryman, Daniel Farley, three hundred and eighty pounds, six foot nine, out of Minnesota. Um, so we'll talk about him because he's played a bit this season as well. So the first guy we'll talk about is Demarian Williams, who wasn't a cornerback that was deeply on my radar um, in the draft process. Uh, he played at Houston, five foot ten, cornerback, one hundred and seventy eight pounds, drafted in one hundred and forty first overall. He's played in all... Um, 11 games for Baltimore so far this season. Uh, he had a season high of six, 75% of the snaps against in their win over Cincinnati in week five. He plays on special teams as well. Uh, he has two pass defenses, 21 combined tackles on the season, one tackle for a loss. He wears jersey number 22 like Naj. He's allowed a 64.3% completion rate on the season, allowing 18 from completions from 28 targets. So pretty decent defensive back there for 280, 228 yards, two TDs, but he does allow a quarterback rating there of 113.4, and he has missed 12.5% of his tackles. So maybe the Steelers can work out a mismatch against him. He's played 31% of the defensive snaps on the season so far in terms of snaps available in games he's played in um, and 38% of special teams. So you will see him potentially be making plays on special teams. And speaking of a special teamer, we also have Jordan Stout. They're six three, two 209 punter uh, out of Penn State um, as well. Uh, fourth round draft pick, 130th overall he is averaging on the season so far 47 yards per punt. He's had 43 attempts for 20, 22 yards. Imagine, I mean, I don't wish him to be injured, but imagine if he finished the, this year, no, he didn't punt for the rest of the year. I mean, we're hoping he's punting lots on the weekend. Um, and he finished with that to close that year. It'd be pretty cool. Um, but at least that gives him a milestone that he surpassed. Uh, they've had 137 return yards on his punt. So his net punting average is, um, seven, 1730, uh, and net yards per punt is 40.2. He's had a long punt of 69. He's had touchbacks of six. Touchback percentage um, from his punts is 14%. He's had 20 punts within the 20 yard, uh, you know, b- within the 20 yard line to end zone. Um, so that's half his punts as well, which tells you about the also where. The Baltimore are uh, dominating potentially the field um in terms of like the field territory, I guess, is what we've always grown up calling it in the country I come from when you talking about rugby. Um but I guess spots on the field. Um kind of a mental blank in, in how you describe that more in an NFL context. But you know, you everyone knows what I mean by that. Uh then you got Tyler Linderbaum, uh the Iowa Center, 290 pounds, six foot three, shorter arms um than, Cam Jurgens, I kind of like Cam Jurgens as a pick over this guy. But Baltimore, picked him. He's played in twelve games. Doesn't he's played in one hundred percent of the offensive snaps on the season for them. He has three penalties, two false starts, one holding on the season. So not too bad. They have him at two ninety six pounds at the draft, but he's two ninety pounds as his overall profile um, for Baltimore. Uh, so he's having a decent season as a rookie. It's hard as well with profile reference because you don't, unlike PFF, and I, I really don't like looking at PFF with o um, you don't necessarily get the the sacks that the Ravens have had on the season so far. But I will pull up um, just to tell Jackson how many times he's been sacked. He's been sacked 26 times on the season. Um, Tyler Huntley's been sacked twice. Um, and that's for a total of 120 yards across the 28 sacks that the quarterbacks um, for the Baltimore Ravens have suffered this season. Oh, I need a breath. Uh, then we go to Isaiah Likely, the tight end. He has played in 11 games, started one, 22 receptions from 37 targets for 236 yards, average yards per reception of 10.7. Um, it's pretty decent. Uh, two TDs, 12 first downs, catch percentage rate of 59.5%. He wears jersey number 80, um, when you're looking out for him in this week's game. Uh, he has played 38% of the offensive snaps on the season so far and 16% of the special teams snaps. The other tight end is Charlie Kohler and he's not played yet this season. Um, so interesting from that from them for the six foot six, 260 pound, um, tight end, they, Did say there was an article a few weeks back um, on the 15th of November saying he could make an impact. He could have his first taste of NFL action soon. That was in the title. Um, So, And he was activated from injured reserve on November 8th. So you might see him before the end of the season. You may even get activated for this game to help them really try and run on the Steelers or protect Huntley um, as well. So let's just – yeah, you might see – um, him in this game. Jer- he wears jersey. They don't have a jersey number on profile Football Um, but yeah, you can look out for Charlie Cola and see if he gets activated. Then one of our final players on the list is that draft crush of mine that I had in the draft. It is Travis Jones, defensive tackle, six foot five, three hundred and thirty-three pounds, out of Connecticut. Um, did a. And was an incredible player. Regular listeners of this show would have heard me talk about him lots before the draft, disappointed after the draft, played 32% of defensive snaps a lot in the last week's game, 23% of special team snaps. So he's contributing um, in two areas of the game right now. He's played in 10 games, started three, one pass defense, one sack, 11 tackles, one tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits. Uh, so he's having an all right rookie season for a defensive tackle. I mean, I hope for his gets a few more sacks. I just hope they're not against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. He's played in thirty-four percent, so over a third of the defensive snaps um of the, the amount of, of the snaps in games available to him and twenty eight percent of the special team snaps um as well. Six foot five, three hundred and thirty three pounds, and ran a four nine two forty. Ouch for the offensive lines playing Travis Jones. Carl Hamilton, six foot four, safety, long and rangy, 219 pounds. He's got a bit of exposed in the preseason. There was a bit of memes about him after all the hype from him coming out of Notre Dame. Um, it's really scary when you see players drafted that are born after the year 2000. Believe me, um, when you read that. Uh, on the season so far, he has two pass defenses, one force fumble, one sack, 34 tackles, three quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss. So he is having a better season. Um, He's allowed 65.2% completion rate um, for receivers, 15 completions from 23 targets for people, for receivers um, marking up against him uh, for 101 yards, no TDs. So he's only allowing a quarterback rating of 74.7. He's allowed 53 yak yards, 48 air yards. Um, He has been on the blitz 11 times, um, two quarterback knockdowns. He's only missed three tackles on the season, which is less than 8%. Less than 10% is pretty good for a safety as well. Um, I He's played 43% of the defensive snaps in so far, 70% of special teams. So he's contributing in two areas of the game. For me with Carl Hamilton, I sit there and I'm like, I wonder how they're going to creatively scheme him up to put pressure on Kenny Pickett. Um, I, I fear someone like they could, the Steelers offensive line might do really well against their defensive line and linebackers, and then it's someone like him that gets like a really key sack that makes the Steelers have a third and long um, or puts them out of field goal range in, in fourth down. They gotta be thinking about how someone like him will be creatively moved around because um, more of that strong safety type rather than a free safety. And then I'm gonna close out this week's Steelers War Room with my countryman Daniel Fatalele, six foot nine, three hundred and eighty pounds, uh born in Victoria, the state of Victoria, capital city, that is Melbourne, Um, and he played in Minnesota. He has played in a few games this season. He played 8% of the offensive snaps in Week 2, 90% of them in Week 3 with 54 snaps, 100% in Week 4 against Buffalo with 70 snaps, and then he played for the first time since that Week 4 game last week against Denver in the 10-9 win where he played 47%. Of the offensive snaps. He has played on special teams as well. He wears jersey number 77. So he's played 22% of overall offensive snaps in games available to him um, or that he's participated in. Um, Special teams, he's played 18% of those with 53 snaps. He has two penalties on the season, um, but they haven't specified whether they're holding false start or offside on pro football reference. So I can't tell you that one. Um, but perhaps he might be holding on to TJ Watt. And then if that's the case, um, hopefully TJ Watt can use the vet moves. Hopefully TJ Watt, if they do move a mark up against him or it's High Smith, they can use the vet moves. They can look to get those penalties from him and send Huntley backwards and into a situation where he's got to make pressure throws As well, And so with that, that's going to wrap up this week's Steelers War Room. Really thankful for you listening. Look, as I sort of alluding to at the start of the show, the Steelers can really put themselves in a good position to finish with a positive record or even make the playoffs um, and put themselves in contention by winning this week's game. They win this week's game, look out. They'll get some momentum behind them. Then they've got two, uh, no, there's no easy game, but then they get into two more manageable games from a challenge perspective and who knows from there? I, Shannon White and I talked about it on TDU about three or four weeks ago now when Marky D was off. I sort of said to him, if the Steelers can get to 8 and 8 against Cleveland in the last week of the season, I like them going into that game, especially after what you saw from Deshaun Watson this last week. That's all I'll say about him. Don't want to talk about him. Um, and so there's only one more thing left to say, War Room listeners, BTSC listeners, Steeler fans, and that is go Steelers. Yeah.